Monster Eater, Chapter 4 Romek passed through chambers lit by bioluminescent archaea. The rock had been eaten away by water, but when the seismic tide retreated, it had left things that still lived, glowing bacteria impregnated in the very rock. Romek negotiated spires of stone, which were alight with minerals. There was every color on every surface and every texture, hard with gemstones, soft with lichen, bony with cavern coral, and spongiform with fungal anemone. Pale centipede shrimp sprang through the open air from steam stalactites ringed with black moss like the tails of mischievous cats in front of cracked geodes glowing neon green. Bridges of stone danced across the chamber like the paths of flying fish, and everywhere gemstones and fungus and ore was spattered across the rock. Ramek took it in for a long time, listening and smelling the air, and then he moved forward because death was attracted to life in the underworld. Suddenly he caught sight of a shape altogether too regular and irregular to be something immobile. It loomed in the shadows behind bars of rock that bridged across the cavern. It was three times as tall as a man, indistinct but suffused within the archaean lavender light. Most of the thing's height was a tall, narrow head, shaped like a long diamond, with its flat sides featureless except for eight planes in the surface like an octagon. There was a thick spine like a man's beneath its head, but fashioned so as to bend in any direction. This was seated in an arrangement of bony hips, arrayed radially like a blossoming flower. As Ramek stared, four legs of bone budded off of the spine. They were seated in the hips, single-jointed, and the sinews were clad in chitin. The legs touched down on the stone and lifted the creature up smoothly, and its head began to rotate. Ramek could see under its head, where it met the spine like an upside-down pyramid. There were recessions in the pyramid's surfaces containing fetid, grinding enamel, beams of teeth held in membranes, and these began to fitfully spin this way and that as if tasting the air for something to crush. They were stained with marrow. This was the creature that had torn alizane bone from bone. It had waited, and now it rose to greet Ramek. Ramek's whole body was flushed with cold terror. He was rooted to the lifeless immensity of the stone. His muscles bound as if poisoned with electricity. He longed to be in Kalistar, and as his vision of home came over him, a flicker of golden light burned to life in his mind's eye. Ramek felt the mana of the world fungus flow through his veins. He felt a kinship with his deity. He longed to sleep in the sacred tincture, for in his dreams the shadow mother cleansed his blood-soaked hands in golden sap, blessing away the poison of his doubt. But his conscious mind always reclaimed him, and he felt the deaths he levied on his erstwhile companions, whatever was made of the matter by the Earth Mother. Now, however, the music of the absolute deep sang in his arms, his hands, and his legs, and he was free of any doubt. The stiffness where he'd been stabbed bled away, and it was as if he simply carried something in a pocket. He moved faster than he'd ever moved before. The cavern rose into open heights away from the Osseophage. Whichever environment this thing was specialized for, with its ten-foot head and spiny legs, it wasn't made to race up and down the faces of the underworld's faults and fissures. Ramek darted past the thing, and began pulling himself up a series of stone bridges, which ran this way and that through the cavern. He heard its clicking footfalls come to life behind him, and his heart skipped a beat at their rapidity. He'd never outrun it over flat ground. Wherever these bridges would terminate, he had to keep climbing, 
and find some way to change the paradigm between him and the osseophage, or he would witness the unspeakable outcome in the light of insensate darkness. His fear carried with it an undeniable charge of vitiating manic frenzy. He leapt and then hauled himself over ledge after ledge, deep with grooves like petrified driftwood. He looked up through the ether light, seeing only his projected path through the debris of stone like someone swimming from a shipwreck. The light fell away as he ascended into a vast cavern, unmeasurable except by the sound of wind, whistling icily and dry far overhead, through the valley pillars between huge columns of rock. Ramek darted into the opening, his heart hammering with exertion and panic, as he realized that he was now in the osteophage's element, with no sanctuary in sight. He sprinted recklessly across the broken rock, tripping here and there as the light of the coral cavern fell away. He felt a slight rise in the rock and followed it automatically as the tailhead of the osteophage pierced the maze of rock which it had woven through like a needle behind him. He came to a knee-high ridge of rock and placed his palms on the cold stone. He darted his fingertips out ahead of it, and they met the face of a rock wall. Ramek heard the telltale clicking on the cavern floor behind him. He reached out, found the poorest handholds he'd ever tolerated, and began to climb. He'd gone fifteen feet up handholds here and there a half-inch thick when the monster reached his heels, knocking his foot free with the pyramid tip of its head and almost casting him from the wall, but unable to grasp him. Ramek hauled himself up by his hands alone, making no effort to quiet his heaving breath. He knew he was on a column, his handholds carrying him left and right over its horizons. The osseophage reared back and stood on the sheer face. Ramek heard its bones creak, and it rocked back and forth in the open air, its pincers piercing the actual rock to keep it straight. The two of them climbed in the cold air, panning and cracking rock, otherwise silent. Suddenly there was an explosion of light between the pillars. A cage of sound enmeshed him and lingered. He froze and almost fell off the column while it shook with reverberations. Even the osteophage held still. Golden lava gushed from the smote wound and then cooled into blackness. Dust and stone poured past him and played an idiot's tune on the surface of the osseophage. Ramek felt a buzzing in his teeth. He hadn't encountered a force so momentous and so numinous since his regeneration and its death embrace. His hands grew slick, and he wiped one and then the other on his armor. Then shards of rock came pouring down and onto the monster from overhead, knocking his hand free and killing its sensation, while bits whacked him on his bruised head and clattered across the osseophage. He held his breath. Would the lightning come again? He blew out his air and resumed his ascent, blood trickling through his hair and down the back of his hand. This was the only place where the osseophage was in as much danger as he was. That was his assessment, but if the lightning bore him the breath of life, could bring him the kiss of death with equal ease. He climbed. The osseophage resumed its pursuit, hesitatingly and then amain. Ramek felt a prickling in the air around him, and the hair stood up on the back of his neck. He gazed above with his mouth and eyes open to the darkness, which wasn't black but midnight maroon, with the remnant light of the fusion beam seared into his iris. It came again in a sun-bright arc of light between Ramek's pillar and another one. The bolt arched like a great incandescent filament, and then the thunderclap crushed them. Ramek's hands came free of the wall for a split second, but he leapt them back onto it as his body leaned back and he held. The lightning bolt stood across his eyes as a radiant orange thing burned into his existence. His ears sang and the stone still shook beneath his fingertips. Then came again the hail of rock. It poured past him and he knew he was lucky not to have been split through his face, instead battering his sides as he hugged the pillar. 
He heard a rock strike the osteophage and break a chunk of its skull, staving it in so that Rama could hear a wet guttering inside. This blow against his adversary thrilled him. But after a moment, the beast continued its ascent, and Ramek lurched up the stone, forgetting himself long enough that the osteophage nearly struck him from the rock with its uppermost leg. How much lightning would he have to endure? The osteophage presented more of a target than he did, but if the lightning erupted any closer, Ramek knew he'd be wiped away by cosmic force, as if he were one of the strongholds which had been crushed between tectonic plates during his lifetime. But the lightning didn't come. They ascended for minutes and began to cross the eviscerated rock from which the lightning had deployed crushed in and jagged like a vertical crater, so that Ramek could have rested if the rock inside hadn't been ripped loose and jagged, crumbling and giving way dangerously beneath his grip. Ramek ran his hands up the stone. He felt fissures like ripples in the face of an ancient creature dying of dryness. These ran deep, and as he shook them he felt their stems in the rock. The osseophage guttered. Ramek ran his hands into the broken rock. He balled them into fists and ripped them out, spilling stone into the mouth of the osseophage and nearly uprooting a large shaft of stone. The osseophage advanced on him. Ramek ran the shaft of stone out of its moorage, as if unsheathing a sword, and dropped it into the rasping, gurgling mouth beneath him. The thing curled in on itself like something stabbed. Ramek advanced and found himself entering a crater of warm, metallic stone, which had felt the lightning. Ramek clawed his way up inside it fingers tight on the little teeth of broken bedrock. He put his feet on the edge of the crater and pushed. There was the tiniest crack inside. The osseophage crept up behind him. It encompassed the crater with its legs. It was behind Ramek and it wavered in space, its four mouths whirring like rogue machinery. Oh, mother fungus, work your will in me, he thought, and he pushed with all his might. The bottom of the crater gave way with an epic crack, that ran down the pillar. It slipped away beneath Ramek's feet, and the half-iron nub scraped his hands and his chin. The osophagus leg gave way, and its great tall head lunged up and smacked the rock wall, as its other legs had their grips torn free. Ramek's feet were on the falling rock. His hands were sliding. He had to arrest his fall for a split second. He crushed himself between the falling shard and the pillar, abandoning his grip. Then he kicked a second time and laid his hands on the wall with a clawing certainty. The kick gave him the instant he needed to find the grip, and he hung while rock and soot and dust poured past him. The osteophage's sucking rasp fell away into infinite space, and there was a long silence before a crash of killed stone echoed out across the chasm's floor. Ramek began to let himself feel lower handholds to put his feet on the wall, his legs jumpy and his hands slick. He descended the vast column with a gratitude, as if he was grooming a deity. He reached the pillar's root and knelt, sweeping his hands around for shards of the osseophage. What he found was even better, a warm, soft, rough, and wet mound of marrow. He bladed one hand and scooped it into the other, then raised it to his nose and inhaled very deeply. His mouth watered instantly at the rich, earthy, fatty smell of the bone meat. He devoured it warm as a cooked meal, and fell back against a jutting protrusion of rock, his body totally relaxed, his eyes closed while he licked his lips over and over. It was the most delicious thing he'd ever tasted, and he felt slotted by the flavor, breathing deep with his head resting on his shoulder. He cocked an eye open at the invisible wreckage of the osseophage. He crept forward on his hands and knees, sweeping his palms back and forth until he touched a long shard of leg bone. 
he licked it clean with reverence, then used it to sweep a wider path, bumping shards here and lengths of bone there, devouring the fatty, salty marrow. He found its head, its long, cracked-open head like a great trough of the finest minced meat. It was still guttering subtly, the spark of life still present despite its spine being broken off, despite its rolling teeth being knocked free by the fall. Ramak didn't hesitate. He dove his hands past its broken surface and into the guts of the marrow, heaping it out and devouring it in handfuls, getting it on his face. He kept on until he'd removed the largest agglomerations, and then he picked up his shard of leg bone and began digging in the creature for more. Then, from deep within the coral cavern behind him, Ramek heard a ringing clatter. He froze as the echo stirred across the soundscape. Then it came again and didn't stop. An epic ringing that lit the cavern with noise and came closer and closer. It was something made of metal. Something that didn't hide because it had no need to. No predator. And it could sense its prey before they heard it and long after. Ramek downed one last spot of marrow and then ran to a segment of leg which had its tendon exposed. He cut it with the tip of the leg bone shard and then tied the shard to the small of his back. Then he ran to the stone column. As the metal thing clattered from the coral cavern, heralded by an orchestra of steel, Ramek began his second ascent of the lightning pillar. This is Dave Greggs. You may be asking, Hey, motherfucker, you said that you were going to approach this with full tilt. Or that we were back at full tilt. Well, the reason why it's been over a month since the last chapter that I uploaded is uh, a good thing. Or rather, the reason's a good thing. It's not a good thing that it's been so long. But the good news is that there's uh, been some third-party interest expressed in uh, a publication of my work. And so I've been focused on that and working like a dog on putting stuff together for that um, ever since. And so that's where all my attention has been going, um, almost all my free time. So it is related to this. It is related to this writing enterprise. Not necessarily this, but, you know, my work. Um, and that's going to get done, and this is going to get done. But they're competing for time, so it may slow down a little bit, but it's going to continue. All right. Thank you.